It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Today's episode is sponsored by Airflow Breast Pumps. Did you know that your health insurance will cover the cost of a breast pump? It is true, guys. I promise. In fact, many health insurance plans also cover milk storage bags, breastfeeding prep courses, and more. At Airflow Breast Pumps, you can shop top-rated breast pumps from brands like Medela, Spectra, and Motif without ever opening your wallet. Fill out their quick and easy insurance eligibility form, and they'll take care of the rest. It might just be the easiest thing that you do during your whole pregnancy. Just visit airflowbreastpumps.com slash mommy labor nurse. That's A-E-R-O-F-L-O-W breastpumps.com slash mommy labor nurse to find out why more than 1 million moms have chosen Airflow Breast Pumps to get their pump through insurance. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, we are doing a second trimester deep dive with an Ask Me Anything style episode with questions that were submitted via Instagram stories. I know you guys love these episodes and I do too. I just like getting on here and elaborate on, you know, certain stuff that I can't really do as well as I want to on Instagram. That's what I love about the podcast. I just want to be able to, I don't want to be limited on Instagram stories. They only give you, well, now it's a minute. It used to be 15 seconds, but it's very limited. I have to keep your attention. Sometimes I just want to elaborate and talk to you. So we're going to do that today. (laughs) So today we are talking all about second trimester stuff. We are going to be talking about peeing while sneezing. It's a good one to start off with, right? (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about kick counts and the glucose tolerance test, that sugary drink that you have to drink. Uh, We're going to be talking about when you should be doing birth classes. I've got a question about placenta previous. We got a whole mix in here. And if you like this style of episode, I recommend checking out episode 168. That is another one that I did. Excellent Q&A, same style episode. But for now, let's get into this week's episode. Are you guys ready? I am. I have 10 questions here that I'm going to answer about second trimester stuff. And we're going to start off with weight gain. This one says, I gained no weight in the first trimester, but it is packing on now. Is it normal? I don't have preeclampsia. Yes, it is normal. I can assure you it is very, very normal. A lot of moms even lose a little bit of weight in that first trimester because they're vomiting so much or they're just 
depleted. But yes, very, very normal to not gain much weight until that second trimester because, you know, your baby's obviously not that big yet until that 13 week mark. There's not much growth in terms of like poundage, right? That really doesn't happen until the very, very end. But by the time you get to the second trimester, your baby's growing at a much faster rate and your body really starts to accumulate that weight more rapidly. And usually you're starting to get your energy back too and you're starting to be able to eat a little bit more, maybe some of the foods that you were just like, no, 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 I can't do this in the first trimester. You're holding some stuff down more, so you're getting more calories. So very, very common to really not gain much weight at all in that first trimester. On the contrary, it's also pretty normal to, you know, gain a good amount in the first trimester. If you're not having any like nausea, vomiting, anything like that, we have some moms who gain a whole lot of weight early on. There's a very, very wide variation. Okay. Every pregnancy is unique and Weight gain can be influenced also by a lot of different factors, including how much you weighed before your pregnancy, your metabolism, your overall health, how much sleep you're getting, you know, how much water your body retains. There's just like so much. Obviously, it's always a good idea to talk to your provider if you're concerned, right, about your weight gain. But in 99.9% of cases, you're fine. This next question is, I just got diagnosed with a marginal cord insertion. Can you please help ease my anxiety? Yes, ma'am. Of course I can. Let's talk about marginal cord insertions and like, first of all, what they even are. Now, normally your umbilical cord attaches to the center or very close to the center of your placenta. That just allows the best, you know, the most efficient transfer of nutrients and oxygen and, you know, all the goodness from you to baby. However, in marginal cord insertion, the umbilical cord is a little bit further away from the center. It's like really near that edge of your placenta. So kind of think of your placenta like a fat pancake, like a big fat pancake that's like on, you know, the edge of your uterus. And that umbilical cord is usually in the middle and then marginal. It's just kind of on the side. It is pretty common and it usually doesn't cause any significant problems or complications. Really, it doesn't. In most cases, it's just a variation of normal anatomy and they find it in your anatomy scan and they're like, okay, you have a marginal cord insertion and we'll scan you again at 32 weeks. A lot of times they do a repeat scan just to see on baby's growth and development because sometimes it can affect baby's growth and development, but a lot of times it doesn't. It's fine. It doesn't. That's just where it happened to grow. Now, sometimes it is associated with some risks. It does slightly increase the risk of your umbilical cord becoming compressed during labor, okay? Because it's just not in that quote-unquote normal spot. So obviously that can come with some issues during labor, right? Your baby's oxygen supply. And so sometimes your provider will want to continuously monitor you during labor. But that's really dependent on your certain situation. And if baby's tolerated NSTs and labor thus far, like it's just so dependent on your situation. But that could be something that they would want to do is, okay, we had a marginal cord insertion that was diagnosed early on. Let's make sure we keep her on continuous fetal monitoring. Do remember, though, just because you have a marginal cord insertion alone, this does not necessarily indicate any immediate or long-term health issues for you 
or your baby, okay? The majority of pregnancies with marginal cord insertions have no complications. Totally fine, healthy babies come out. That's you. The next question is peeing while sneezing. What do I do about it? (laughs) So urinary incontinence is quite common during pregnancy. And there are definitely some things you can do about it. Okay. It's not like a just you're destined for this life forever kind of thing. So let's chat. Let me ease your anxiety about this. First of all, if you don't know, you need to know about pelvic floor therapy and pelvic floor physical therapists because They are wonderful human beings who help with these sorts of issues. Could you use a little help with your baby registry and knowing what you need to be doing to stay on track in that second trimester? Don't worry. My free second trimester prep pack is here for you. Inside, you'll find helpful PDFs, including a second trimester checklist so that you feel certain nothing's fallen through those cracks with 22 more to do's and make sure not to skip number 15. (laughs) You'll also get a baby registry checklist that includes diapers to clothing to all the gear. (laughs) Get insider tips on all the must haves. And you'll also get our old wives tale worksheet created just for fun, just to see if you can guess your baby's sex based on 20 old wives tales. So to get yourself organized in that second trimester, simply head on over to mommylibernurse.com slash second trimester. That's mommylibernurse.com slash S-E-C-O-N-D trimester to grab your free second trimester prep pack today. Long ago, we didn't know that there was actually some things that we could be doing to like rehab our areas after giving birth. So we thought that this was just something that we have to deal with as women. You know, after we have babies, we're just almost scarred afterwards, right? But no, we can do a lot of exercises to prevent issues like this, having incontinence issues. Or we can do a lot of exercises, things afterwards during postpartum, years after you have babies, if you're having incontinence issues or you're having pain with sex, any sort of pelvic floor issues, there's so much that you can do. So if you're having urinary incontinence during pregnancy, number one, know that it is very, very common. Okay. There's a lot of pressure, you know, down there and it's very common to have leakage when you're increasing that pressure, that like abdominal pressure onto your pelvic floor. So when you sneeze or when you cough or when you laugh, so definitely reach out to a pelvic floor physical therapist. There's a lot of really great accounts on Instagram too, that you can just learn stuff from like my friend, Sarah from the vagina whisperer, Janice from my pelvic floor muscles, so many good pelvic floor accounts on Instagram. So definitely do that. Okay. And you're probably already emptying your bladder frequently, but make sure we're not holding our bladders at all, because this obviously makes it more likely to happen if you have a full bladder and you're sneezing or you're coughing or you're laughing, right? So if you feel the urge to pee, go pee. And then this one kind of sounds weird, but you still want to stay hydrated, okay? It does sound counterintuitive, but if you're avoiding fluids, that can actually irritate your bladder and worsen urinary incontinence if you're already having it happen. And then if you are embarrassed about it, 
you know, wear panty liners. That helps a little bit with a little bit of leakage. But really, we want to focus on prevention stuff or curing this because there is a lot you can do. Those pelvic floor physical therapists, like I said, are lovely people. So that is my number one answer to this question. Our next question is, when should you feel your baby move during the second trimester? Cool. So it is a little bit of a range, okay? And it kind of depends on where your placenta is, but usually people start to feel movement early, early, like 15, 16 weeks, you know, even a little bit earlier sometimes. But usually, you know, 15, 16 weeks is like the earliest. Usually most people will feel it sometime between like 16 and 20, 21 weeks. And then if you've got a placenta, that's an anterior placenta. And that means your placenta is kind of on the side of your belly button, right? Those moms usually don't feel their babies until a little bit later, like 22, 23, 24, 25 weeks. These moms might start to feel movement, but it might be on the sides, like not necessarily in the front. And know that with this movement, it usually kind of starts out as these like little bubbly kind of feelings. I always described it as, have you ever been to the fair? (laughs) Like a little fish in the plastic bags, right? And held it in your hand and felt the little fish kind of like tap against your hand. It kind of feels like that. For me, it kind of felt like that. I've heard other people say it's like gas bubbles or like butterflies in your stomach kind of thing. But usually it starts happening like that. And you're like, was that? And I thought it was. And then it starts happening more, and you're like, okay, I think that's what's. And then it starts happening more, and you're like, yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> and it can be very like sporadic in the beginning. A lot of times, babies, you know, you'll feel movement one day, and then the next day, it's like, mm, not so much. And then the next day, it's like, oh, okay, but it trends. Okay. We're going to, as baby's getting bigger, you know, you're going to start to see a normal pattern here. And obviously, if you're concerned, right, about your baby's movements, regardless of what your gestational age is, always reach out to your provider. So (laughs) I totally read this question wrong, but I'm going to keep it in the episode because I think what I just talked about still stands. But this mom said, when do I feel my baby move if it's your second? See, I read it and it said second and I'm thinking second trimester and I didn't realize she meant like it's my second pregnancy. See, I can't read. (laughs) Um, But the answer to that question is obviously it depends. A lot of these moms actually, uh, I hear that they feel their babies a little bit earlier than their first pregnancies because they remember kind of what it feels like. So they're kind of more in tune to, oh yeah, okay, okay, this is what's going on. Remember how I just said, it's usually like, is this really what's going on? Usually by your second, your third, you know, if you've been pregnant before, you're like, oh, that's that feeling again. Cool. This is my baby moving. Okay. Next question is about counting kicks. Cool. Perfect question from that last one. So this one is when you start counting kicks. Somewhere between 26 and 28 weeks is usually once they start reaching that like regular, you can predict when you're going to feel your baby move and you're starting to get in tune with just your normal. So I'm going to read stuff from Push Pregnancy, which is a fabulous organization who is dedicated to ending preventable stillbirth. Okay. And they have a lot of stuff on kick counts. So when you do kick counts, you're going to want to ask yourself, how often is baby active each 
day. Okay. What times of the day? How long does it take typically to get my baby to get to 10 kicks? You want to track it. Okay. And you're also going to want to ask yourself, how strong are my baby's movements? And does my baby respond to certain sounds or certain pokes? Because standards like 10 kicks in two hours are outdated. That is the standard that, I mean, going back when I first started Mommy Liver Nurse, that's what I always would preach and say, okay, make sure you're having 10 kicks in two hours. But that is outdated information. It really does make a difference if you're Knowing what your normal is and how strong and the quality of your kicks really does matters. It really does matter. It's not just that 10 kicks in two hours and you're good. Remember that no one knows your baby better than you. You want to know your normal. And if you notice any change, always ask and always trust your instincts. Okay. If you feel any changes in your baby's movement, don't waste time trying to get your baby to move more by drinking, you know, orange juice or poking your belly or whatever. Just go and get checked out. Question number six. This one is when will my bump pop? Well, it depends. It depends on how many pregnancies you've had. Cause a lot of times with your first pregnancy, you don't pop for a little while. Some people won't pop till the third trimester or later. But if you've had a baby before, you might pop quite early, like in that first trimester. And it also depends on kind of where your baby implanted. Some moms we see if they have anterior placentas and their baby's kind of sitting back, they don't pop as early. And then on the contrary, you know, if their baby's very like anterior, then you will pop a little bit sooner. But it really, really depends. I'd say the majority of people halfway through, you know, that 20, 25 mark, like you're starting to get a belly, but it's so, so dependent on your situation, obviously too. But it's so, so dependent on your health history and how many babies you've had and what your body looks like and how much you weighed before pregnancy and just where you carry your weight and just there's just so much. So it really, really depends. I'm sure that this question is from someone who it's their first pregnancy and they haven't popped yet and they're like eager to because I know what that feels like. You're like, I just feel pregnant and I feel bloated. I just I want to look pregnant because oh, I just want to look pregnant. So I get it. If this is you right now and you're like, I just, when is it going to go out? It'll be soon. Okay. It's fine. You're pregnant. I promise. (laughs) All right. The sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, I ended up delivering yesterday via C-section at 34 weeks. Wow. Blood work came back preeclamptic. Ah, yes. From the day before and factoring other things, my doc made the call. Wanted to thank you for all your wonderful resources. So many of my doctors and nurses have asked me if I'm in the medical field. I told them I am just well prepped. <laughs> your C-section class and other posts definitely helped me so, so much through such a chaotic day. Oh, it all happened so fast. Counting down to my next NICU visit. Oh, I have chills, you guys. Oh, I love these birth babies. <laughs> now I just have to tackle breastfeeding. Oh, Hand expression didn't work last night, but I will try to pump at some point today. Oh, I love these. Let's just do a whole episode of Birth It Up Babies, okay? You guys want to do that? (laughs) Oh, I love them. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama... 
be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com to check out our three online on-demand birth classes. This next question is, are there chances of my placenta previa moving? Anything I can do to help? There is definitely a chance that your placenta previa can move depending on where it is. So if it's a complete previa, that means that the placenta is completely covering your cervix and it's pretty midline, then there's a lower chance that it's going to move. But if it's kind of on the side or it's like a marginal or like just, you know, barely kind of partially, sometimes people have like a partial previa, then there's a pretty good chance that it will move. About 90% of placenta previas that are diagnosed at, uh, you know, that anatomy scan do move. Okay. So there's a pretty good chance that it will move. And then to answer your other question, anything you can do to help No positive thoughts, (laughs) you know, think up, (laughs) think grow up instead of grow the other way. But yeah, there's really nothing you can do except, you know, some people it moves and for other people, it just doesn't. Next question is, do you have to drink the awful sugary drink for the glucose test? Yucky. I know it's gross. So I'll start off by saying you don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to do anything. You can always say, I don't want to have anything to do with anything. But the reason that we do give you this like super sugary drink is to check for gestational diabetes, which is something that can affect your pregnancy, if it, especially if it's uncontrolled. So that's the reason why they do it. And it is gross, but it is important to screen for. In terms of the sugary drink, uh, there are other things that you can do, but I'm really going to say go back to your provider because some providers are like a little bit stricter with what they recommend their patients consuming. But I have heard a lot of people say we can do jelly beans. That's a good one. That's real sugary. You eat a certain amount of jelly beans before instead of drinking that drink, honestly, I have done it a few times now. I guess I've done it three times because I had to do the three hour with Ryland with my second one, but I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. It's just like a really, really sugary Gatorade. I don't know, like sugary Sprite without the carbonation is what I thought of it because I did the lemon lime with Ryland and then with Walter, I did do the orange one. Again, it's like sun-kissed, but without the carbonation and you just drink it and it's yucky, but yeah, and you know, it's just one of those things you just do and you get it over with and okay, now I'm good. But yeah, there are other things that you can do. And if you're like, 100% like, oh God, I can't tolerate this. I can't do it. There are other things you can do. So definitely talk to your provider about this, especially if you're one who you've got hyperemesis or you're just, you can't keep anything down. Yeah. Your provider's probably going to say, don't drink it. Okay. Let's do jelly beans or let's do this, that, and the other. But yeah, I'd always say, go back and ask your provider. My advice always stands Ask your provider if you're concerned about it. I've got two more questions. This one is, when should we start doing birthing classes? Yeah, good question. So you're in the perfect time frame because that second trimester, usually at the end of the second trimester, we recommend moms, if I had to pick a perfect time frame to take a birth course, whether it's mine or whether it's somebody else's, right? We want you to do it at about that end of second trimester, early third trimester. And that is because you're far enough enough away from your delivery date, you know, hopefully if you make it to term that you have enough time to kind of just do it at your own pace. But we also recommend it at that time frame because 
you're prepared in case you do go into preterm labor. Obviously, there are some people who go into really, really preterm labor, like they're 23, 24, 25 weeks, right? But if we're at that 28 to 30, 32 week mark, and we're recommending that people take birthing classes around that time frame, that's going to catch the majority of people who go into preterm labor. So if I had to pick a perfect time frame, that would be it. That's not to say that you can't do it before then and start getting your education on. Okay, you know, listen to some mommy labor nurse podcast, right? But full courses, that's usually about what we recommend. That's also to say, too, if you're listening to this and you're like 41 and a half odd weeks, it's not too late. There's still time, especially with my courses. You can do them online. They are eight hours max. You can binge it like a good Netflix series right before you go into labor. I've had people do that and you can still get what is necessary going into your birth. Okay, so don't feel like you're too late or don't feel like you're too early. There's really no wrong time to start doing a birth class. All right. Last question is, is it normal to feel a sharp cramping pain when you turn a certain way in bed? This one is hard because you guys know this. I can't be like, yeah, abdominal pain is normal. No problem. Pain is normal. I can't give you guys medical advice on the podcast. (laughs) But what I will say is if you are having any abdominal cramping or any abdominal pain, you know, always talk to your provider about this, right? But a lot of times this is something called round ligament pain. And let's talk about what that is because it is a B-I-T-C-H, okay? Your round ligaments are these two ligaments that kind of connect your uterus to your pelvic floor and just, you know, everything kind of down there, okay? And they stretch really, really wide during pregnancy, like a big tight rubber band. And if you are relaxed and, you know, you're sitting in a certain position, you're nice and relaxed. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get up, you can have these ligaments like kind of spaz a little bit and you get that kind of sharp pain. So that's all it is. A lot of times it's exactly what this person described is you change positions and you have like a sharp pain kind of in your side when you're rolling in bed or when you're getting up from, you know, a laying to sitting position, or you're standing up or something, usually round ligament pain, but obviously it could be something else. Next week on the podcast, I am joined by my good friend Erica from MomWell, and she is actually a previous MLN podcast guest. She was way back on episode 83. We talked about the invisible load of motherhood on that episode, so if you want to tune into that one. But this week, we are talking about something that is a little bit heavier, and it is a subject called postpartum psychosis. So postpartum psychosis is a very rare but very extreme perinatal mood disorder. And because it is so extreme, I really feel the need to shed some light on it here on the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast. So Erica is going to come on and we're going to chat about it together and kind of go through the ins and outs and touch on some of the recent things that we've heard in the media also regarding postpartum psychosis, because there have been some scary things that have happened recently. So stay tuned for next week's episode. We will be talking all about that and I will be on with Erica. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. 
And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.